Praise God. Praise the Lord, everybody. Feels wonderful in the house of the Lord. Great to be back at Souls Harbor. You may be seated. I'm going to try something tonight. My son did his first duet with me in Missouri a couple weekends ago, and I just want to see if he'll do it. David, come here, David. David. Yoo-hoo. give this a shot here. Last time he had hiccups, so his tone wasn't exactly right, but Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. Yep, he said no three times. That's, he's done. Thank you very much. You know, at least he knows what he wants. That's important. Praise God. <laughs> Completely bomb right there, boy. Thank you, Jesus. Anyway, we, we've watched the video like 150 times that we got on the, the phone. It was, it was fantastic. Great to be here tonight and to be with this wonderful church. I'm so thankful that Pastor Jay and Bishop dedicated our child put their hands on our child, and um, we're so thankful that we have a church to come home to, and that church of Souls Harbor. Hallelujah. It's good to see Brother and Sister Jackson. Love them with all my heart. They're traveling all over the world. God's using them in such a special way, and I take as much credit for it as I possibly can. It's awesome. Thank you. Thank you very much. Praise God. Joel chapter 2 and verse 28. Joel prophesied, and it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Everybody say prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Everybody say dreams. Your young men shall see visions. Everybody say visions. Over to the book of Revelation, chapter 19, in verse 10. John the Revelator is speaking to someone that has given him revelation, whether an angel or someone that had already ascended into heaven. And he said, And I fell at his feet to worship him, and he said unto me, See that thou do it not, I am thy fellow servant, and of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Then one more passage of scripture, James chapter 5 and verse 13. James said, is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing songs. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray. Everybody say pray. Over him, anointing him with the oil in the name of the Lord, and the prayer of faith, everybody say the prayer of faith, shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up, and if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults one to another, and pray, everybody say pray, for one another that you may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman, thank God, availeth much. Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not 
on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again. Everybody say prayed again. The heaven gave rain. The earth brought forth their fruit. I, I want to talk to you about the last, the words in those last three sentences in Joel 2.28. Prophecies, dreams, and visions. And um, I, have, I, I think I just titled that because I have a bunch of scattered thoughts that I'm just going to blast you with tonight. And it seemed like the best title we could come up with, you know. So let's pray that the Lord will open. I know it's a Wednesday night, and tonight is all about an intellectual, biblical experience. If I don't expect you to do anything, you just sit there and smile at me, and I'll teach and stop on a dime and let you go. Let's pray God have his way, would you please? In Jesus' name, we love you, Lord. We thank you for your power. We thank you for the anointing of the Holy Ghost. I pray that every eye would be open to see tonight. I pray that every ear would be open to hear tonight. I pray that every heart would be good ground for the word of the Lord. I bind every spirit that would come against the work of God in this church. I loose the angels of the Lord to minister now with the preaching of the word. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Give somebody a high five if you can reach them and say, let's have some church. Pastor Jay asked me to talk about prayer, and I begin to think of what prayer really is. Prayer is an exchange of yourself for God. It's an exchange of your time, your energy, your focus for what God has to offer. Prayer is a focused yielding of ourselves to God. When you are praying... You are putting your flesh, your mind, your spirit, your body in a position of focused yielding to the Lord. Prayer is the medium God has chosen to reveal himself to us. Without prayer, I believe it's impossible to get a revelation of God and what God wants in your life. The question was asked, if God already knows what's needed, then why do we have to pray about it? It's a valid question. God knows all things. God knows what's best for Bellevue. Why do we got to pray for revival in Bellevue? Why do, God knows I need a healing. Why do I have to pray for a healing? God knows what you need in your, your family, your life, your finances, your emotions, your, your marriage. God knows what you need. Why do we have to pray about it? And I believe that one answer to this is that God has imparted his nature to us. We were created in the image of God. We are made to be like God. And God creates by the power of the spoken word. And when God speaks something, God does not have an opinion about it. If he speaks it, it is. And when he made us in his image, he expects us to use the power that he has given to us to speak things into existence. The beginning God said, let there be light. He spoke it and there was light. And in the speaking, in the action of speaking, he released the power to perform it. And when you pray, when you are praying to the Lord and you are speaking, you are releasing God's power to perform what you are praying about. The centurion came to Jesus and 
Jesus said, listen, I'll, uh, your servant's sake, I'll come to your house and heal your servant. And he said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should enter my, under my roof, but speak the word. Speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. And, and Jesus speaking the word, no matter what the location is, I believe Pastor Jay calling us to, to prayer about this, this Supreme Court decision. It doesn't matter that we're in Bellevue and they're in Washington or whatever. When we speak the word in the name of Jesus Christ, something is released into the atmosphere that can change the situation. Now listen, listen, we, we are in a dark time spiritually in America. America has gone the way of all other nations. No other nation ever in the history of the world was created by people seeking religious freedom and specifically seeking to be Christians. No other nation on earth. America represents the natural refuge for the people that are afflicted on the planet. And America has come to the same end that other nations have come to. The spirits that were held at bay from our shores are walking up and down our streets. And if there was ever a time for the people of God to pray beyond a casual prayer, this is the time. This is the time. Turn to your neighbor and say, this is the time. And when we pray, we do so in faith that what we are speaking will be performed. Otherwise, you're just wasting your time, man. If you're just speaking, if you're just repeating stuff, you might as well just spend your breath on something else. But if you pray believing and speak in the name of Jesus Christ, believing that it will be performed, God's going to do it. God's going to do it. It's the speaking itself that releases the power. Jesus said, For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain... Be thou removed and cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Speak to the mountain. That tells you that there's different dimensions of prayer. Some prayers are going to be to God. Some prayers are going to be to your problem about your God. Some prayers are going to be to God about your problem. Other prayers are going to be to your problem about your God. And you will speak. You can pray and speak to the devil. Just don't spend too much time speaking to the devil. There should probably be a percentage, you know, that you try to work at there. Shouldn't be 60-40 or anything like that. Jesus spoke to the devil because the devil is real. And he's going to get you. No, I'm just playing. He's not going to do that. Jesus said to Satan, now Jesus heard the voice of Satan. He heard it. Satan said, if you be the son of God, turn these stones into bread. And Jesus said, it's written. He had a conversation with Satan. That's, that's a part of prayer. You are speaking into the spirit realm. What is the will of God? Now, obviously, for prayer to be answered, it must be the will of God. James said, you ask and receive not because you ask amiss, that you may consume it upon your lust. If God sees you praying about something that is not his will, he's not going to answer your prayer. It's not going to happen. Um, James said that we consume it upon our lust. I have prayed for things in my life that seemed really cool to get. God didn't do it. I must have had the wrong motive about it. 
But other things I have prayed about and connected my, my heart to the heart of God. And I saw God do it. I saw God do it. You see, the power of God will only be released for the purpose of God. If you are praying in the purpose of God, you're going to release the power of God. So if we are going to pray effectively, we've got to find out what the purpose of God is and make that our prayer. Jesus said, well, when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. I've heard people say, I pray four hours a day, five hours a day, seven hours a day. And man, you look at the fruit of their life, it's like, hmm, my goodness. Be not therefore likened to them, for your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him. After this manner, therefore, pray ye. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. At the very beginning of the prayer, Jesus said, put my power and my purpose before your preference. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. You put God's purpose first. You find out what the heart of God is. Listen, God's purpose for your life is way better than you could come up with for yourself. It's way better. And if we learn in prayer, listen, I, I try to spend a substantial amount of my prayer time praising the Lord. And sometimes you can get into a spirit of praise. Oh, my Lord, there ain't nothing like it, man. Get into that spirit of praise and praise will take over. Praise will, it'll just keep coming and keep coming. And you've got, you, you'll start saying praises to God that you never said out of your mouth. There's like an anointing to praise Him that will come on you. And what happens is, is there's a relocation. You are positioning yourself for God's purpose to be above yours, for His will to be above yours, for Him to have the mission and you to have the submission. And when you put yourself in that position, God will release His power through your prayer to fulfill His purpose. Now, the most fulfilling part of prayer is not that he will do what we ask. It is not. It is not. The most fulfilling part of prayer is that he will come to us when we pray. I haven't had anything match that yet. I haven't had anything. There are people here, you've done a much greater work than I have. People have been in work of God longer than I have, but in just my couple of years doing what I've done, I've seen people get the Holy Ghost. I've seen healings. I've seen God do great things, but nothing, 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 hear what I'm saying, nothing matches Jesus coming to you. He wants to spend time with you. That is mind-boggling. Jesus wants to spend time with me. And he gets very excited when you start praying. That's why he made you. And this is the greatest experience life has to offer. I'm totally convinced. David said, Thou will show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. 
There's, there's something about the presence of God you can tap into. It blows everything else away. And in our prayer, in our prayer, besides asking for things to be fulfilled, besides asking for what we need, besides even praying the purpose of God outside of us, we need to take time to aggressively pursue his presence and not stop until we get it. I'm telling you, I believe with all of my heart, every time you pray, I believe it. I believe it. I believe you can get the presence of God every time you pray, if you stay long enough. Now, I have seen some people may disagree with this, and that's totally fine, but in my personal life, I have seen there is a direct correlation between the amount of time we spend in prayer and the level of God we can experience. There's a direct connection between the amount of time we spend in prayer and the level of your experience in God. And unfortunately, so many people miss out on a greater experience with God simply because they leave their prayer time too soon. It's so simple. The greatest experience is in life. Come, I'm telling you, they come when your prayer is released from the clock. I got like three, I got three amens. You see, there is a difference between grace and favor. Grace is given. Favor must be found. Paul said in Romans 12 and 3, grace was given unto me. Paul said in Corinthians 1 and 4, grace was given to us as the church of God, but favor must be found. Noah found favor. The Bible says grace, but it actually means favor in the Old Testament. Moses found favor. David found favor. Esther found favor. Mary, the mother of Jesus, when Gabriel came to her, said, Mary, thou art highly favored. You found favor with God. But grace is what the Lord has given to us without conditions. Grace is what's available for anybody. Grace is receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. It don't matter how, it don't matter who you are, it don't matter what you've done, it don't matter what kind of sins in your life, it don't matter what your background is, it don't matter what color you are, it don't matter if you cursed God the day before, it don't matter if you ain't got no money, it don't matter if you just got out of jail. God's grace is sufficient at that moment for you. You have it immediately, automatic. If you do what God says to do, bam, you get grace. Forgiveness is grace. God is. It is, it is a law that God has set in motion. God will forgive you if you ask him with a sincere heart. God will forgive you. It's grace. The infilling of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues is grace. Grace. You don't have to, you don't have to work for it. The whole thing about working for the Holy Ghost, that's a bunch of nonsense. It's grace. It's a free gift of God. The only thing you've got to work to do is open your spirit up to receive the Holy Ghost. That's the work. Baptism and adoption, the receiving of the name, the receiving of the blood, the redemption from sins uh, added to the family of God, heaven being made our home. All these things are grace that are freely given unto us. You don't have to work for grace. Is anybody thankful you don't have to work for grace? But favor, favor, you got to work for Favor, you got to seek after it. Favor must be found. Revival is not grace. Revival 
is favor. Miracles are not grace. It's favor that must be found. The demonstration of the Spirit through a life is favor that must be found. And this is the thing. God never set a guideline on us. Did you, in every, in every scripture that the Lord talked about, he talked about how to pray. Pray this way. Our Father which art in heaven, pray when you, uh, pray that you enter not into temptation. He gave us examples of prayer. The Bible talks about several times. Jesus went out into the wilderness, prayed all night long, prayed. The Bible says he got up a great while before day and, and he prayed. But it never says how long. It never says the frequency. It never, isn't that something that that's missing? Does the Bible ever talk about an hour of prayer? He said, could you not watch with me for one hour? But it does not overtly and specifically say you must pray one hour. It does not say that. He left that open. Through the level of your hunger, how much favor do you want? Fasting. We get examples of fasting. There's 40-day fast. God help them. There's 21-day fast. 10-day fast. 3-day fast without food or water. But the Bible never says how much you're supposed to fast. It leaves it open. Why? That's not grace. It's about favor. How hungry are you? You ever see anybody in the Bible that fasted that did not get an answer? It ain't there. It's not there. And the amount of fasting that you do is not there. We have examples of people fasting and God did stuff for them. Listen, it's about your hunger. Prayer. Prayer. Beyond what you feel is your requirement is about finding the favor of God. I am not satisfied with the level of my experience in God. I'm going to fast like I've never fasted in my life. I'm going to pray like I've never prayed in my life. You know that God, I have found that God speaks the best and is most clearly when your stomach has been emptied, your mind has been cleared, your spirit has been focused. That's when God speaks the best. You're an empty slate. Prayer and fasting is an exercise we can become stronger at you can become stronger in prayer i first started praying i was 15 years old i was a kook thank god for brother and sister varnum who uncooked me as much as they could but i determined in myself to pray an hour a day at 15 and i i knew i would be i knew i would be like lee stone king or jesus christ himself if i prayed an hour a day at 15 so i would come to the church my precious mama I love my mom and dad so much. Oh, my Lord. She would bring me to the church at 15. I would drive her nuts. She would drop me off, and I would pray in that prayer room. And God, I said, God, I want to go deeper. And so God said, can you add five minutes? You may not think that's God. I think it was God. You want to go deeper in me? Can you add five minutes? Yeah, I can pray. Okay, if I did the, an hour, I can repeat 
the last five minutes of that prayer. Yeah, I can do an hour and five minutes. And after a few weeks of that, the Lord said, can you add five minutes? Yeah, I can add five. I can take out maybe the middle five minutes and tack it onto the end, mix it up a little bit. I remember watching Donnie Curry pray in this sanctuary. I'll never forget it, man. As long as I live, I'll never forget it. He would come over here. What a complete wacko during school. And, and crawl under a pew and pray and pray and pray. And he would roll on the floor, and I hated him because I couldn't do that. He would speak in tongues at the drop of a hat, and it made me so mad. And whenever he would lay hands on me, I'm telling you, I felt the fire of God. I felt such a fire get a hold of me. I wanted, I wanted what he had a hold of. I, and God said, can you pray an hour and 10? Can you do an hour and 15? And, and I, I didn't know it, but God was expanding my spiritual stamina. Did you know that David's cup ran over because he had too small of a cup? You can increase your cup size. What you cannot handle now, if you expand the foundation that God can build upon, you'll find God doing things with you that he never could do before. Why? You expanded the dimensions of your cup. Let me explain. What used to cause me to flip out of my brain, the power of God, now has a completely different reaction. I, I do flip out. I do roll. I do shout. I dance in my house. I've danced on our street. I've danced all over the place. Thank you, Sister Varnum. Thank you. But the power of God now does something different. I can, I can channel it. And, God, and it takes more power. And, I, and then I learned to channel that. And then God gives you more power. And then you learn to channel that. Your cup increases. God increased my spiritual stamina. And that's my testimony. However, he did it for you, great. But he reminded me of a runner. A runner, a marathon runner, does not go out there and run 28.6. Is that what a marathon is? Whatever it is. Who knows? It's, it's too far. They don't go out there and run that overnight. You will die if you try to do that. They start with a mile, and then they go to two miles, and then they go to three miles, and after a few weeks, they, they increase it to four miles, and they keep adding just a little bit, and their body, their heart starts working better. What was tearing it up just a few weeks before, now the heart is handling, and the lungs are expanding, and what seemed like a long time before at a mile, now at five miles, it's just happening in a breeze, and God is looking for saints. That will go beyond the casual prayer experience. But you got to want it. It's not grace. It's favor. It's hunger for favor. The more you do, the better you get, the longer you can stay. The less you do, the worse you get, and the less you can stay. Sister Varnum drilled that into me. The more you pray, the more you want to pray. And it's amazing because just like a runner, just like a runner, the work you do today, you feel tomorrow. It's incredible. If you push a little extra today, the spiritual benefits, you'll get some today. But the majority of them come tomorrow. And when you pray, you are granted access to the spirit realm. 
You step into the spirit realm. Whether you realize it or not, your mind gets into the spirit realm. And the spirit realm is in many ways like the physical realm. I believe the physical realm is an expression of the spirit realm. And it's one of God's key ways of revealing the mysteries of the spirit realm to us. The physical, spiritual realms have incredible parallels. Jesus used it constantly. He said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Rivers. Why is he saying that? Because something's going to spring up and it's going to start flowing. And it's going to feel, you're going to feel something. It's going to envelop you. It's going to clean you. All the attributes of water. That he's trying to show you what water does. And, and he says, so is everyone that is born of the Spirit. The wind bloweth where it listeth. Thou hearest the sound thereof. Canst not tell whence it cometh or whither it goeth. So is everyone born of the Spirit. We're like the wind when we're born of the Spirit, just blowing at a random place, moving at the, at the, at the voice of the Lord. And he said, the farmer sows the seed. Some falls uh, by the wayside and the crows come and he said the wayside is that is that place where the devil can come and just pluck things up and some falls in stony places that's the hard heart some falls in in thorny places that's the that's the heart that's crowded with the cares of life and some falls on good ground what's the good ground the good ground can receive the seed and the fertilizer and it, it doesn't reject when something's being put into it all of a sudden roots go down and the and the fruit comes up and the branches spread out and it becomes a tree that the birds of the air can can rest in he's showing us spiritual mysteries by physical natural phenomenon and just like there are natural laws that govern the physical realm, there are spiritual laws that govern the spirit realm. God does not work outside of a law. He won't do it. Just like there's laws of gravity in the physical, there's laws in the spiritual. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. It's a law. And when you tap into the spirit realm, God will begin to empower you to work within the laws of the spirit realm to affect the world. Now, God uses visions and dreams to introduce us to the Spirit. I believe that with my whole heart. And if you've never had a vision or a dream, either you need to redefine your definition of vision or dream, or you need to seek God because it is a prophecy. In the last days, saith God, I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. You're supposed to have visions or dreams. You're also supposed to prophesy. I believe visions and dreams are the same exact experience. I really do. I just think they happen in different states of consciousness. Dream happens, obviously, when you're sleeping. But and a vision happens many times. I believe I've had visions while I was sleeping. The Lord woke me up and I had a vision. But I've also had movies playing in my head while I'm praying or, or even even stronger visitations where God takes over the mind when you receive the Holy Ghost God enters your soul and takes over your tongue you yield your tongue when it's time for a vision God will take over your consciousness and it's just a matter of what level you want to yield to God you get the Holy Ghost if you can yield your tongue according to the Bible if you can yield your tongue you can yield anything because the tongue is the most unruly member the tongue is the rudder of the whole ship. God takes over the rudder. He can direct the whole ship. That tongue is the most unruly, rebellious member of your body, even more than your consciousness, more than your body, more than your arms, more than your legs. If God can take over your tongue, why do we have a hard time believing that God can give us a vision? If you speak in tongues, you are, you are achieving a greater miracle than God giving you a vision. And they happen in different states of consciousness. God will speak to us. God will speak to us in these things. I thank God for this. He don't have to do this. 
I'll never forget, I, I used to, I, I still have some, and God's helping me, but I used to have a lot of hang-ups. I mean, hang-ups, hang-ups. Sister Varnum kicked me out of a few of them, and the Holy Ghost did some too. It's totally true. But I remember I was a young man and I was praying a lot and fasting. And I wanted to know Bishop better. I wanted to know him better. I was scared to death of him. He scared me half to death. Whenever you walk off the platform, I was totally freaked out that he would actually come to me and read my thoughts, you know. As he's walking up, Jesus, cover my mind with your blood in the name of Jesus Christ. I rebuke you. I bless you, Bishop. Love you. Love you. He's a prophet. Man's a prophet. And 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 the Lord, I'm so thankful. I hope I hope this is okay to say. The Lord touched his heart. And he I remember distinctly. He may not remember this. Maybe he was just being led of the Holy Ghost. I don't know. He came over to me. I would it would be after church and I'd be standing here talking to somebody, and Bishop would come over to me. And he would stand next to me and talk to other people. <laughs> and I'm just sitting there like, you can't walk away. He'd shake my hand, say, it's so good to see you. And his, his shoulder, come here, Austin, his shoulder would be touching my shoulder. And he would be talking to other people. I'm like, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? <laughs> I didn't have a clue what to do. And I was afraid to talk to him. I was afraid to confess anything. I was afraid to ask questions. I thought he would just be wasting his time. Blah, blah, blah. It was a hang-up. And the Lord, the Lord helped me. He helped me. Listen, if you want to get over stuff, God will help you get over stuff. I'll never forget I never forget, I had a dream. I had a dream. Now, I always was overwhelmed with awkwardness whenever I got around him. Overwhelmed. Couldn't talk, couldn't do nothing, didn't want to say a word, freaked out of my brain. And in this dream, this dream that became a vision, I walked into Bishop's house. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm in Bishop's house. That was the feeling. Like, oh, man, he's going to come out of the bathroom at any moment. And see me in his house. I am dead. And nobody was there, so I was snooping. And I remember walking into the kitchen, and I walked to the back door out the window, and I looked out of the window, and there was a war happening outside of that window. People were fighting all over the place. And the door opened, and I was thrust out into the battle. And, and I didn't have anything. They were, they were doing all kinds of stuff out there. I didn't have no weapon. And I looked down in the corner of that room, and there was an old rusty shotgun with a bent barrel. And so I took that old rusty shotgun by the barrel and began to club people. <laughs> That's all I could do with it. I clubbed them. And this was, I mean, it was a, it was a vivid, obviously a vivid dream. And, and... So after that, the next scene, I was back in the house. I was tired. I was wet. I was weary. And I started looking through the fridge for something to drink. Nobody was there. 
I was having a good old time. I went through all their drawers. And, no, I'm kidding. I didn't do that. I didn't do that. I didn't do that. I said drawers, drawers, like in, in you know, drawers. Okay. All right. Woo. Woo. Just lost the spirit there. Hallelujah. Oh. Anyway, so I started thinking to myself, I wonder what their room is like. Yeah, that's serious. So I started walking up the stairs to their room. I remember looking on those stairs, and there was like a sniper rifle, polished, infrared night vision scope. I'm like, my God, why didn't I see that downstairs? And I kept walking up. I kept walking up, and as I got up the stairs, there was a bazooka. There were missile launchers. The closer I got to the, when I walked in the room, it was like a National Guard armory. There was ammunition. There were assault rifles, clips, magazines, grenades, everything you can possibly imagine in that room. And when I woke up, I said, Lord, this was the, one of the first dreams I ever had that was like this. I said, Lord, what in the world? And I just told him, I didn't even think it was from God. I thought I was a complete wacko. I didn't know. And as I told him, God spoke to me. And he said, because you're unwilling to get closer to your man of God, you're using weapons that are entirely ineffective. The closer you get to him the more is going to be available to you in the Spirit. And I'm telling you, it's true. It's true. It's true. Ah, it's true. It's true. I have found, I have found, the closer I get to this man... The closer I connect to him, the more is available to me. When I, when I go to revivals, I, just, I, I try to text him or call him, and I want to talk to him. I want to hear his voice because God has shown me. God has shown me. And I, even at this, this past revival in two weekends, we had over 40 people get the Holy Ghost. But I'll tell you something. I know it has something to do with him praying. He's praying for me. He's praying for me. And there is a, authority available to me. There are weapons that would not be available to me otherwise. That God has opened up. And how did this happen? I wanted to get over my junk. And God said, I'm going to give you a dream that will help you get over this hump. I'm going to give you a supernatural power that will take you over an edge you would have never got over by yourself. That's what's available to us. That's what's available to us. I cannot imagine sitting on a pew and just going home. I, can't, I never have imagined. I never I can. I can't. I, I went through some stuff when I was a young person and I was a heathen dog because I could not come and beat around the bush. I couldn't come. And I, I, if I'm remembering correctly, I may be mistaken, but if I remember correctly, I couldn't come and be lukewarm. It was either fire or dead. That's all that happened. And I want to tell you something. When God finally loosed me, when I finally yielded everything to God, so many things are available to us uh, to cause us uh, to step into realms uh, that will blow our minds.
It will cause you to step into dimensions. If you want that kind of favor, it's available. Listen, listen, I'm, I'm going to stop right here. I got a bunch more. Listen, we got to get over this junk about being held back by people who don't want to move. Listen, listen, I was in a, I was in a, God blessed us to do a campus crusade this afternoon. Out on Daytona State College, we had seven get the Holy Ghost, two baptized in the swimming pool. It was great. And on my way there, I want to go 70. It's 60 miles per hour, but you can't win the world doing 60 miles per hour. No. I wanted to go 70. The guy in front of me was going 56 miles per hour and an open stretch of the road came brother Jackson so I pushed that thing gunned it up and as I pulled around him he started speeding up he don't want to go fast but he don't want nobody going faster than he is And I find myself sitting down on God sometimes. Now, I told you I wasn't going to push, and I'm, I'm pushing. You, you do what you want, though. You can sit there and listen. I find myself sitting down on God because I don't want to make my friends, people around me, people that don't want to move. I'm afraid of offending them. I'm afraid of hurting their feelings. It's a Wednesday night. What are you doing? Don't pass me. Now Now you stay right here. Don't be passing me. Don't be passing. Listen, I want to tell you, you know what I'm after? Favor. I'm after favor. I want as much favor as I can get. I want to get so much favor, I'm oozing with it. I want to get so much favor, it's pouring out of my life. You know what favor brings? Open doors. You got favor, bro. That's open doors. It's the favor of God. I can care less. I'm over it. I'm over it. I'm going to pass it. I'm going to go as fast as I'm allowed to go. I'm going to go as far as I'm allowed to go. I want as much of God as I can get while being on this earth. I want favor, Jesus. Take me beyond the ordinary. Take me beyond casual prayer. Take me to that place where I'm in the spirit, God.
You can't approach favor like you do grace. Grace is just going to come. But favor, you got to seek after it. Favor, sometimes you got to get violent for it. Favor, sometimes you got to groan for it. Favor, sometimes you got to just say, forget it. I do this all the time. I'm going beyond what I normally do. The ordinary is done. I'm going beyond. I don't care what it takes. I don't care if I die. I'm not leaving here without an answer. I don't care if I got to stay all night. I want a visitation from God. In the name of the Lord Jesus. I want favor. 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 I've got to have favor. I want favor. I want favor. I want favor. If you got the Holy Ghost speaking tongues right now, yield your mouth. If you yield your mouth, everything else comes better. If you yield that mouth, everything else will come easy. I'm telling you, some of you are going to step into the dimension of dreams and visions like you never have in your life because you're yielding your mouth. When you close your eyes, those visions that you have, those scenes that play out in your head, those are from God. It's not your imagination. It's not a fantasy realm. You got to understand God's talking to you. That revival that you see, that healing that you see, that deliverance that you see, that victory that you see, that hope that you see, that power that you see, that miracle that you see, that restoration of your family that you see, those chains being broken that you see. That's God giving you a vision. Pray that thing into existence. If you are here tonight and you are a prayer warrior, you are an intercessor, you can relate to what I'm talking about, going beyond the normal, and you're anointed of God, I want you to start laying hands on people. I want you to put your hands on somebody. Unless you're just in it, if you feel like you're in something special, stay right there. But if you feel like God can use you right now to impart a spirit of prayer, a spirit of prayer, a spirit of prayer is way beyond a normal prayer life. A spirit of prayer will be on you when you wake up. It'll be on you throughout the day. It'll be on you when you're sleeping. God, give him a spirit of prayer, a prayer that'll take him beyond. God, let Kate Calder reset the mark of a prayer meeting in this church. Let him reset him, break down every boundary. Let him break every boundary down. Let him get to that place where the spirit of prayer is totally in control, totally in control, totally taken over. Even Defendo la Josaya la Mejetaya.
Come on, there's something available to you that's greater than any experience on this earth. It's what you're doing right now. You have been thrust into the spirit realm. When you begin to cry out to God, you have been thrust into the spirit realm. Follow the Holy Ghost. <laughs> 